We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Episode 158 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Now, after retiring from medical practice, I became an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is dementia and family caregiving, unmasking the spouse's grief. From previous episodes of Family Caregivers Unite, I've learned about the stresses and strains on family caregivers generally. And the stresses and strains of dementia and Alzheimer's disease, by the way, is one of the commonest forms of dementia are among the heaviest. And the heaviest stresses and strains lead to exhaustion physically, psychologically, and financially for family caregivers, which is why today's topic, dementia and family caregiving, unmasking the spouse's grief, is so important. To discuss it, our guests are Eleanor Silverberg and Thibault Matnik. Uh, Eleanor, first of all, is a counseling and grief specialist for care providers. And after more than 15 years' experience in dementia care professionally as a community outreach social worker and personally as a family caregiver, she focuses on assisting caregivers caregiving for dementia and therefore Alzheimer's disease to strengthen their resilience and prevent burnout. She's observed that the loss and grief experienced by family caregivers impacts their own well-being and their ways of providing care. She provides group counselling and presentations for family caregivers, and she conducts on-site and online training seminars for healthcare frontline workers who serve family caregivers caring for dementia. She trains healthcare workers in applying her 3A approach, and the three A's are acknowledge, assess, assist, and she developed that approach to address caregiver grief. Her publication about the 3A approach is an educational resource for professionals available on the Canadian Virtual Hospice, Hospice website. Tibor was born in Hungary in 1945, educated in England, and emigrated to Canada at the age of 23. He became or developed into a plant manager in a manufacturing plant with more than 200 employees. He worked there for 20 years, and then in 2006, 
the plant was sold and all manufacturing was shipped to Mexico. Then he took early retirement to care for his wife Elizabeth, whom he'd married in 1973. Born in England, she'd also migrated to Canada, and their two wonderful and successful sons are both married with children. But in 1997, at the age of 53, Elizabeth began to display signs of forgetfulness, which affected her job. Misdiagnosed by three doctors, she was eventually diagnosed in 2003 with Alzheimer's disease. Thibault cared for her at home until 2008, when he was no longer able to care for her. She was then admitted to a long-term care facility. So, welcome to the show, Eleanor and Thibault. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now I'm going to start with you, Eleanor. First question. Please... Tell us more about your personal background, your professional career, and your experience of family caregiving. Well, Gordon, I have, as you had said, over 15 years caregiving experience, if you include it, the personal and professional work I have done as a clinical social worker doing out community outreach and dementia care. Um, I draw a lot from my personal experience when helping people, families, in dealing with dementia. While I was caring for my father, I was caring for him for about four years as, as his primary caregiver. Um, I noticed that the weight was so heavy in what I'm carrying in providing care for him. I have a therapeutic background and a strong knowledge in grief. So I came to recognize that I was experiencing grief, and I also came to recognize that the family members were experiencing grief as well. Grief is was clinically overlooked in practice with distressed caregivers. They're usually getting medically treated for depression or stress and the grief not getting addressed. So I wrote an article that provided an approach of addressing the loss and the grief that the caregivers experience. Now, Tabor was the very first client that I provided counseling for specifically to address the, the loss and grief reaction that he was experiencing, and that was about five years ago. Okay. Tibor, please yeah. tell us more about your personal background and your experience of family caregiving. <clears throat> well, I think you've summed up my uh, bio pretty good. I don't think I need to expand too much on that. The thing that uh, really upset me at that time was the early onset of the, uh, of the uh, illness, uh, to my wife Elizabeth, and the fact that uh, there are no standard procedures by all different doctors and organizations to to acknowledge what the the problem is, and not until we went to uh, 2003 to uh, uh, Sunnybrook, where they had a specific program there, did they establish the fact that she has Alzheimer's disease, and that was very frustrating because I thought maybe we could have done something more uh, at the early onset. I don't know. I mean, I know there's no cure, but there's certain things that are delays. 
and some of the drugs that are used around the world, namely in Europe, like Germany, were not available here. That became very frustrating. Yeah. Let's go back to Eleanor now. Please tell us more about your professional work, especially as it relates to the kind of things that Tibor has experienced and has just talked about. Well, yes, I wanted to address that. It, it, the frustration is in itself a, a grief reaction. And, and the loss that he's experiencing, first of all, in, in the diagnosis um, of, of getting a diagnosis of Alzheimer's, but also in the frustration of not knowing what is happening either. So there's a, a loss of, of control as well. So there's abstract losses that occur. And my professional work is to address that frustration. And it is a frustration with the healthcare system that I, you know, I, it's not the first time hearing it from Tabor, but I, I also have heard it from other uh, care providers as well. But uh, so right now I am self-employed as and as a counseling and grief specialist, and I'm servicing uh, family and professional care providers in applying the 3A acknowledge, assess, assist approach, which I pioneered and had published. Now, the way I do it is through presentations and groups and counseling for family members of individuals with dementia to familiarize them with the 3A components as a means for them to be empowered to self-monitor as they address their loss and their reactions to the loss. Now, for the frontline healthcare workers, I provide training through workshops on applying the 3A approach so they can be helpful to the family caregivers in um, exactly what I'm doing with family caregivers. So there's more uh, professionals helping out and, and doing it in a compassionate way, compassionate practice, so that things like the frustration that family members feel is lessened, so there is less frustration. Now, I'm going to go to Tibor because we want to please to hear from you about the effect of these things that you've talked about, the frustration and that uh, Eleanor is equated with grief, the effect on you of this experience as a family caregiver caring for a spouse with Alzheimer's disease. Tibor, please. Uh, Eleanor has uh, some uh, sort of uh, really <clears> hit <throat> the nail on the head when she said the frustration. There's a lot of frustration at first, at least was with me, uh, for the fact that there was no cure for the illness, the loss of my partner, it affected her job as well as mine. Um, that's why I took early retirement at 62 to care for my wife. And uh, it was difficult to assess the different effects at different times. Uh, it took a while to face the facts and uh, until it became impossible not to face it, okay? Uh, I was working uh, at the time, so I, I put Liz into a daycare, which uh, was uh, suggested and assisted by Eleanor. Um, in this daycare, I, I, I had to um, 
put her in there and mod- I had to modify my work hours uh, because there are certain stipulations. Uh, they would pick her up in the morning. She had to be ready. And if uh, they brought, if I wanted them to bring her back, I had to be at home on the dot at a certain time, which I couldn't possibly uh, guarantee. So I, I decided that I will pick her up. And they were very nice about being a bit flexible uh, to, to accommodate me. And I tried to make my other time in, in time. But it was uh, definitely a, the frustration and, and the inability to, to uh, put everything together at the same time. Just a, a quick additional question, Tibor. Yes. All of the time, is this right? Your wife, Elizabeth, her condition, the effects on her were deteriorating. Is that right? Yes. yes, correct. And that would add, if I'm right, to that frustration and that sense that, if I could use this phrase, you weren't winning. Whatever you did wasn't actually having uh, enough of a beneficial effect of the kind that no. you expected. No, that, that's perfectly right. And and that, that was the frustrating part about it, that uh, on a, almost a, from a day-to-day basis, you didn't know what to expect. Right. You know, now, and, and you had to deal with it immediately. Right. Now, t- talking of both of you talk, dealing with things immediately, it is now time for us to take a short break. This is where I say we have to pay our rent. So this is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Eleanor Silverberg and Tibor Macnick. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We're coming back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune into Goddard Design every week for everything that is arts, interior design, and architecture. Host Chris Goddard will help you explore and invite creativity into your life. Our guests will include industry leaders and insiders who take you through the entire world of design and its many facets. You may not be immediately aware, but design is involved in nearly everything we do, from homes to clothing to food and drink. Tune into Goddard Design every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Eleanor Silverberg and Tibor Macknick. 
Our topic is dementia and family caregiving, unmasking the spouse's grief. So now let's talk about the losses that family caregivers experience in caring for a spouse with dementia, such as Alzheimer's disease, as it develops. So Eleanor first, how do you refer to the losses family caregivers experience in caring for a spouse with dementia? What exactly are these losses and which are the most difficult ones for family caregivers? Yes, well, when I was writing my article, I found uh, uh, um, a definition that fitted perfectly, and it was in Mosby's Medical Dictionary, uh, situational loss, it was called. And it's the loss of a person, thing, or quality resulting from alteration of a life situation, including changes related to, in addition to death, illness, body image, and environment. And this really fits so well with the dementia caregivers, what their experience was, because they were experiencing what, what we would call an ambiguous loss, which is uh, unclear. The, the person is physically there, but psychologically changed. I don't want to say absent, but they're not the person as they were. And the reaction that the family members have, because nobody really, uh, you know, socially accepts that there's been a loss, the, the grief is disenfranchised. It's not recognized as grief. So, and there are so many losses. There's a series stemming from the primary loss of cognitive ability due to the disease to loss of companionship, communication, and abstract losses, like losses of the idea, like in the example with Tibor, his life in his early 60s was not supposed to be this way, nor Liz's at in, in her late 50s. So there is a loss of ideal, which also there's loss of social network, and, um, the, you know, it... It, it, you have to educate early the caregivers in order to adapt to the losses because there's losses early which lead to later losses as the disease progresses. And the sooner that a care provider can adapt, the better it is. Okay. Um, Tibor, now I want to ask you personally, what the most difficult losses you experienced were? What were those losses and why were they so difficult? Tibor? Well, first of all, when, uh, when uh, Liz was at home, uh, I faced a daily loss. That's, that's how I felt anyway. Um, uh, it, it's the same as uh, now it's difficult to see her downward slide every time I go and see her. And I go in uh, anywhere between three to four times a week still. I used to go five times, and on doctor's orders, they said maybe you should just cut it back a little bit because you're going to find it difficult. Well, it is difficult, and uh, my heart breaks every time I see her, but she does not know any different. Uh, she has lost uh, all communication abilities. Anyway, the, the, the loneliness became the biggest, one of the biggest factors. We were together, but I was alone, if you know what I mean. Uh, uh, my needs weren't met. Being met, uh, a loss of conversation, couldn't hold a conversation. Um, uh, 
memory would be if he tried tried to do a, a, have a conversation, she would be jumping from one item to another. So it never, never she never could complete a complete sentence properly, and that was. Uh, uh, that was one of the biggest problems, and of course, uh, when when this happens, uh, you know, you, you, I felt the losses. Uh, she was my uh, cook, my cleaner, my lover. Uh, it affected our finances because we lost a salary from on her behalf. Uh, although that wasn't the major thing, but uh, most of all, uh, the loss of my companion. That was the biggest uh, loss that I felt. And at that time, I could not uh, recognize it, and uh, Eleanor helped me with that because she saw it uh, the way I was chatting with her, talking with her, and and she saw and, and read in between the lines and, and saw that that is where the problem is, that the loss of my companion. Right. Loss of the companion. Eleanor, that's what you call a situational loss, I think. And... Yes. If that's the case, what what are the most troublesome effects on family caregivers of the situational losses you've talked about and the one particularly that Tibor's just spoken about? Well, generally speaking, I'll get back to Tibor's situation, but generally speaking, there is a tangled web of emotions working together, and I'm sure... And it was happening with Tabor as well. There's anger, there's sadness, there's guilt. And this whole web of emotions um, plays havoc on, on the person's energy level, their mood, and, can, and, and in the meantime, they're supposed to be providing care. There's also the attachment and separation anxiety. Just as as Tabor said, I lost my companion, and many spouses that there's a panic that goes with that. They're you know they're very dependent on this person emotionally. It's like losing an arm, so to speak, and many um, who are. A, a certain type of griever uh, called an instrumental griever where they take on a cause, they get very immersed in the caregiving role. It's as, as taking on a cause to help their family member. But when you get immersed in it and over-identify where you don't allow anybody to help, that can be a real, real troublesome effect. But getting back to Tibor on the loneliness, that is really, really huge. It's, it's not only the loneliness of losing uh, a companion, which is huge, but also the loss often of a social network. Now, I happen to know that Tibor had a very supportive social network, so he was fortunate in that way because many spouses aren't some friends just disappear and also the family member the spouse will you know if especially if they get immersed in the caregiving and don't accept help they isolate themselves now loneliness is a terrible terrible feeling but it also can 
play havoc in, in causing illness, mental illness, as well as physical illness. There has been evidence that uh, sicknesses due to heart disease can stem from loneliness. So um, it is extremely troublesome. Now, to go to Tibor, back to Tibor, you've described what the losses were. Please tell us what, for you, were the most troublesome effects, the effects on you of those losses, particularly the loss of companionship that you described. What were the most troublesome effects? Well, first of all, I have to tell you that, uh, just like Alan mentioned, uh, although that wasn't exactly in my case, that loneliness can affect heart disease. I did have heart disease before, uh, and I had a quad bypass. And uh, I kind of had to look out for that, too. But the biggest concern, I think, was that what would my sons think uh, about placing this in the home? I had a terrible, terrible guilt feeling about that. And uh, Eleanor, bless her heart, she she was trying to to, uh, guide me that uh, um, it's really should be looking forward to that, that eventually we'll have to put her into a home. I didn't even want to hear about that. I thought I could manage all the way. Uh, but I was getting under very, very much stress. And uh, it, uh, it took a while, but uh, I, I've uh, decided that I will take steps to restart my life uh, to, to correct this situation. So, so what you describing is I think the important recognition that you had to face the traumatic prospect of Elizabeth going from your care your home into some kind of care facility is that right yes it is Uh, and the fact that uh, you know at this stage she was already um, at a stage when I had to watch her 24-7 I didn't allow her to do any cooking. She was not allowed to use any of the the kitchen. I tried to guide her away from that. Um, I really just, I didn't know exactly how to do it, but I managed uh, so that she wouldn't get into any trouble. Uh, It's difficult to explain uh, uh, what I mean by that, but uh, it's, uh, can you imagine somebody like like a, a child? Uh, in your home, and you can't tell the child all the time, don't do that, don't do that, because they want to do things. They were used to doing things, okay, or Liz was, and it was very difficult to to, uh, get it through to her that I don't need that additional help, which was not true, but I could not allow her to to, uh, help me with anything. And it uh, it was frustrating for her, too. Yeah. Because she thought that she she wanted to help, but she couldn't. Why was it that her help was something that wasn't possible, that wouldn't work in those situations? We've only a short time before the break. Can you just okay. deal with that particular point? Well, the, the, the problem was that uh, she couldn't concentrate properly. Um, let's say she was trying to uh, wash the dishes. Sort of putting it in, uh, let's say, the, 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 the cup in, in, in uh, the other sink, 
she threw it in the garbage. That was normal for her. That's what her brain told her. Yeah. So it became more frustrating for me as well, right? Yes. And that was just one situation. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to explain how her mind must have worked, because I don't know for sure, okay? All I can tell you is that it was a mumbo-jumbo. Uh, she could not carry through her thoughts. One minute she was doing one thing, the next minute she wanted to do something else. There was no rhyme or reason to do that, but obviously her brain was scrambling. Right. That's a very clear way of putting it. And I now am going to take the break uh, because it is that time. So this is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guests are Eleanor Silverberg and Tibor Matnik. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune into Goddard Design every week for everything that is arts, interior design, and architecture. Host Chris Goddard will help you explore and invite creativity into your life. Our guests will include industry leaders and insiders who take you through the entire world of design and its many facets. You may not be immediately aware, but design is involved in nearly everything we do, from homes to clothing to food and drink. Tune into Goddard Design every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Eleanor Silverberg and Tibor Macknick. Our topic is dementia and family caregiving, unmasking the spouse's grief. So let's talk about approaches to helping family caregivers with their losses. So Eleanor, first, 
Please explain your 3A approach to helping family caregivers with their situational losses, which you described in the, in the previous segment. Okay, great. Uh, the approach is the uh, 3A acknowledge, assess, assist approach with the 3A components of acknowledging the loss and the grief reaction, assessing the impact on well-being and care, and assisting through strategies to move forward with strengthened resiliency and well-being. Now, as Tabor was describing, he really took me back because I was working with him about five years ago with this stuff, and yes, he was extremely frustrated, and, um, you know, I was trying to um, bring him into context of what he was frustrated about to help him acknowledge that these were the losses he was experiencing, you know, of Liz once being able to cook and do the, the things she was doing and no longer being able to do it. And also being early onset, this is very different than when, um, you know, spouses are in their 70s or 80s and they're in a different place in the life cycle. And, you know, both Tabor and and Liz were working, and both Tabor and Liz had to stop working, which was also a loss. And whatever was the loss for Liz was definitely felt by, by Tabor, often more than Liz felt it because she did not have the insight. And when I was working with the approach at that time, I was, I was, um, it was very early in, in when the approach was just developed. And since then, I have even developed it further to, um, to promote that there's early intervention of adapting to the losses to prepare the family member for the losses to come. Um, now, many people still now, even back five years ago, but even now, the similar symptoms that are displayed, frustration, anger, sadness, they get treated medically often as depression and stress, and, and which can be very helpful in, um, you know, treating them for this, but the losses do not get addressed. Got often. it. Now, I'm going to stop you there, not because I want to stop you, but because um, I want to give, bring Tibor in at this point. Sure. Because I want to ask him, Tibor, I want to ask you, what the factors were in your life that led you to turn to Eleanor for help? And at what point in your family caregiving experience were you when you approached her? Why did you go to her and when did you approach her? Okay, well, I think... <clears throat> I think one one sentence would sum it up a little bit. First of all, I had my head in the sand. I did not want to admit to myself or anybody else that there's a an undeniable problem that will not that cannot be cured. Uh, then I realized that uh, the, the the only way that Alan or or anybody else for that matter could help me is you must have total openness and honesty towards the counselor. If you 
hide things, you don't tell them your feelings, your problems, and anything else that, that bothers you, they cannot help. It's like going to a doctor and, and says, what's your problem? Well, I got a, a backache, but I don't know exactly where it's coming from, you know. Uh, he, can't, he couldn't help me, could he? And it's very, very similar with this. Uh, and she helped me to literally get my head out of the sand, open up a bit. She guided me towards future steps, assisted in educating me on what to expect at a later stage with Liz. Uh, she knew the, the, the stage she was at at that time. And at that time, it was uh, very frustrating because there were moments when, they, when she was still okay. And this is what made me so very, very guilty when I, when, when I was eventually putting her into the home. Because right. I had to lie to her that um, they make doing some uh, tests. Now, unfortunately, she knew more about the disease than some doctors because she worked with old people with dementia. And it was... Uh, on her, in her moments, she would even say to me, there'll be a time when you don't know me, or I won't know you, rather, you know? And, it, you know, it, when, when, when she said things like that, it, it came as a very shock, a shocking experience to me, you know, to, to be so open and, and cool about it. But yeah. she seemed to have accepted it. Yeah. I did not. And this is where Eleanor helped me tremendously. Now, that brings me back to Eleanor. Please, would you summarize for us the benefits that you want your 3A approach to bring to the family caregivers? And please say how and why these benefits are so important. Eleanor? Well, um, first of all, I'd like to address what Tibor said about having his head in the sand. And actually, it works a lot with what, to answer your question, because the benefit of the approach is to, to get people's head out of the sand early, uh, the family members. But there is an issue in that what Tabor was experiencing with his head in the sand is very, very normal in the early stages because the, uh, the, the way the disease progresses in the beginning is very insidiously, like uh, the symptoms are inconsistent. So, you know, could have a week that's bad and two weeks that are good. So it's very normal in the beginning to have your head in the sand. But having your head in the sand of what's happening is really can be problematic in um, in, in that you are um, not addressing what is happening, and it may not ha get you to be providing the care that is required. So the benefit of the approach is to raise awareness as relevant in the, uh, that the situational loss, loss and grief is is relevant in the caregiving experience. And through familiarizing family caregivers early in the disease process, using the 3A approach, they are able to identify the situational loss and grief early and then be proactive in, with regards to later losses. So 
so it makes it easier to adapt. Because like I said, there's a series of losses because this goes on for years and years. So it makes them educated and um, uh, better care providers and better for their well-being in, in, because it's promoting taking care of themselves. And by processing the grief, it provides them with relief, comfort, and empowerment to strengthen resiliency and well-being. Um, and for, for professionals, it gives them access to another tool, a grief strategy tool with techniques that to address grief as a means of intervention, such as life review, making amends, forgiving, journaling. There's all different kinds of techniques that can be offered to care providers to see them through this journey. Got it. Tibor, one, over to you. How did Eleanor's services help you in coping with your losses? Tibor? Well, first of all, I have to say that uh, Eleanor, Eleanor is a tremendously good listener, and she's able to read between the lines, and that, that was, that was uh, uh, very evident, and, and uh, that's something that I was uh, thankful for, because as, as you know, to get something off your heart, somebody has to be able to listen to it. Um, she was very good in uh, giving me advice of the future stages. She educated me on that. Uh, she also encouraged me to start looking for a home, and I thought, well, my God, are you not at that point yet, you know? And she said, you better do it, because it doesn't happen overnight. You may have a waiting period. As it turned out, it took well over a year to get her into the home where I eventually would, uh, would put her. Uh, I visited other homes, uh, checked them out. I didn't like them for various reasons, and this one... Uh, I liked and I had to wait well over a year for it, okay. And also, because of all these different points that we had and the um, advice that uh, she had, we developed a very good trust. I trusted her. I think she trusted me. And she was able to help me because of that, because of the actual trust. What you both have been stressing is that early understanding on the part of Tibor and spouses like him or spouses like women who are caring for husbands going down this awful road. Um, and that's where the early diagnosis, and I'm going to make this as a question to both of you, just a quick question, mm -hmm. is so important because... Once the diagnosis has been established, let's say it's Alzheimer's disease, then it opens the door on this acceptance, what you call, Tibor, and what Eleanor also calls, getting the head out of the sand and taking the necessary steps, however tough those are. Now, first of all to Eleanor, have I understood well enough in what I just said, the point, one of the key points that you're wanting to make? About the value of early intervention, do you mean? Uh, seeking out help early? Yes, mean? and yes. therefore the diagnosis becomes important, not so much to the person, but also to the, but to the family caregiver. Yes. Well, family members don't take a course in this. <laughs> you know, there, there isn't a course, Dementia 101. 
or Alzheimer's 101. They are being trained on the job. It happens. They, it, it, it's a shock, and often a grief reaction often is shock. And the, 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 the challenge is for professionals and for the families themselves is to face this loss. And right. some people think that uh, resistance and denial is, is normal, and I think so too. But I think that once you get your head out of the sand, then you, the family members can take on the role of being a care provider uh, earlier, faster, and, and in the long run, it is more helpful. Right. Tibor, we're out of time, so I'm just going to ask you to say yes or no to what Eleanor just said. Do you agree that with what she just said about the early notice so that heads get out of sounds? Is that right? Yes, that's right. That's correct. Okay. Now, we do have to take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Eleanor Silverberg and Tibor Magnick. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready for an open, informative, and fun discussion on health, wellness, and a whole lot more? If so, you'll need to tune in to The Good Life with Forbes Riley and Charlie, featuring award-winning TV host Forbes Riley and multimedia producer, author, and CEO Charlie Fusco. Our show is real, honest, opinionated, and full of laughs. Our well-known guests of authors, experts, and celebrities will give you the inside scoop on health, fitness, and personal success. The Good Life with Forbes Riley and Charlie is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Are you lost, fed up, knowing you're better and yet not knowing why? Let Derek O'Neill transform the not knowing into the knowing by showing you the way. Whether it's not being able to drop the excess weight to unhealthy relationships or finances that you know you deserve. Derek provides insights that are like magnets to invite what you want in your life and repel what you don't want. Tune into Derek now to discover how to improve your life immediately and unleash the winner that you know you are and others need to see. Listen Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Voice America Variety. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. And Eleanor Silverberg and Tibor Macknick. Our topic is dementia and family caregiving. 
unmasking the spouse's grief. Let's talk about ways to increase help for family caregivers caring for spouses with dementia like Alzheimer's disease. Thibault, what more do you want to see done to bring more help to family caregivers in the situation uh, that you've been describing so that the help helps the family caregivers care for themselves? What more do you want to see done? Well, first of all, I think... uh uh, people like Eleanor do a tremendous job uh, assessing the situation. Second, the family care providers need more help. Uh, it would be great if the governments, uh, local and uh, otherwise, would recognize that this is not just an old people's illness and that people that, uh, like myself, when I first heard Alzheimer's didn't mean a thing to me. All I knew is that it was a terrible thing. But I had no idea what it's going to bring and how it's going to affect me. And there was no government program to do, to, to do anything with that, really, um, to, to educate me on that. Um, and, you know, to, to, to uh, help the, the uh, health care providers through the different stages. Uh, and and that's, that's where uh, Eleanor and the people like Eleanor do such a tremendous job. Right. Eleanor, what more do you want to see done to bring more help to family caregivers caring for themselves? Well, in addition to what uh, Tibor says, um, I think that family members need to be valued more for the work they do and treated as part of the health care team. One of the losses that they may experience is, you know, a feeling of feeling at a loss when they are ignored or intimidated by the professional. I think that they really need to be part of the healthcare team because the family members are the backbone of our healthcare system. I mean, family members provide over 80% of the care to people with dementia. So they're really deserving of respect, and I think that would empower them, and they need that when they are being, their energy is being chipped away at by what they're, be, that, what they're facing. Um, I'd like to see workshops for professionals to raise awareness on loss and grief, and that's what I do. I provide training in applying the 3A, acknowledge, assess, and assist. The assist is so important. Um, uh, early intervention, so family members are prepared for the losses that are coming and the demands in the later stage, and presentations and groups and counseling out there for family members educating about situational loss and the 3A acknowledge, assess, assist approach, because the grief is really It's like you're barking up the right tree for what dementia caregivers are experiencing and what needs to be addressed, their loss. What's your message to family caregivers with a family member when the family uh, member is caring for a spouse with the sort of experiences that you've been through? What's your message? to those family caregivers? Well, a number of messages get your head out of the sand and admit that there's a problem and trust your uh, counsellor 100%. Open up so they can help you. Uh, get all the help available before you become ill 
and then you can't be a, a provider of health uh, or, or any use for your partner by that time because you're yourself um, and take ad- advantage of any possible help that you can get. Um, and also, I, I, I have to say, take care of your personal needs without denial or guilt. Um, you've, you've, you've already experienced, or at least I have experienced, the loss of my partner, and I know that it's not going to be uh, reversible. Should I just give up life? I don't think so, and I don't think anybody else should. Life must go on. And whatever your feelings are, follow your feelings, follow your heart. And don't have any guilty feelings. Eleanor, what's your message to family caregivers? Well, um, I I would expand on what Tibor is saying because I think that, that it is very important. Remember, we spoke about loneliness earlier and uh, uh, Tabor spoke about it, I spoke about it and the dangers of living in isolation uh, mentally and physically. So making a connection, whether it be with uh, family members for support, friends, counselors, whoever, do not do this alone. And remember that loss is normal in this disease process, and the earlier you are aware of the loss and grief reaction, the easier it is to adapt to future losses in the disease. It strengthens you. It empowers you, and that's really important. And just like Tabor said, take care of yourself first. I happen to know that Tabor really has um, started a life for himself um, despite what he has lived through. It doesn't change what has happened or his, you know, his love or his relationship that was with his spouse. But I have too often seen spouses getting buried with the person with the disease in a nursing home because they just uh, could not carry on uh, from from the illness uh, and taking care of yourself. I'm going to borrow from uh, Craig, a colleague of mine who provides his clients with these words of advice when in a plane and the stewardess is going over safety precautions, when the oxygen mask comes down and there are parents caring for small children, who does the stewardess direct to put on the oxygen mask first, the parent or the child? It's the parent. And that's the same we can just, it's an analogy that you can use here that really self-care is so important because if you don't take care of yourself, you're no good to nobody. And that's Tibor's message is yep. don't give up living your own life. That matters. And whatever your exactly. life, exactly. your spirit. And if you, and if you feel <clears throat> like you are experiencing grief, that is making it hard to cope. Do seek out counseling. Seek out that kind of help. You can go to my website if you want to contact me. It's www.eleanorsilverberg.com, and all my contact information is there on the website. So definitely, yes. Okay. 
Okay. Now, unfortunately, we're, we're out of time. But I want to say, first of all, thank you very, very much, both of you, Eleanor and Tibor, for talking so openly with us and sharing your experience, your insights and your advice and the way in which you stress uh, coming to grips with getting the head out of the sand, living your own life as a caregiver, notwithstanding this horrible experience, because that's what it is. So to both of you, in your lives and in your work, all of you, all of those things, every success to you. I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear from you about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being uh, a guest on the show. In our next episode, we'll talk about helping family caregivers caring for children with mental health challenges. Please join us. Same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being right.